you do a national survey and if you ask just this simple question, do you want your money to stay in the, in the locality? Everybody, most of the people will, will say yes. But then the question is, are you doing something uh, for that? And are you doing something for that in the energy sector, which is among the richest sectors in our life? The, the, the obvious answer is no. Why not? Because we don't have the information yet. yet. The technology is here, is what I say. The money is here. The, the level of knowledge and the, the, the informational spread is, is, is not yet uh, processed as much as, as would be needed for, for the real change. Welcome to City Stories, the podcast by Energy Cities. I'm Miriam Eisenman and I'm your host. This podcast is for those who want to learn how cities go about with the energy transition, how they take action with courage and creativity. He's an ultra runner and an ultra communicator. When Michal Svoboda talks to mayors, he demonstrates both endurance and creativity. This Czech man, who used to work for the leading big energy company, is now a fervent advocate of local renewable energy. Michal is an energy consultant in Czech Republic and involved in several municipal networks. He also participated in the recent creation of the very first Czech Union for Energy Communities. I've talked with him about the challenge to make sure renewables are not monopolized by large big investors, the changes it requires to initiate collective energy action in a post-communist country and in areas with a deeply entrenched cult culture. Hi, Michal. Welcome to City Stories. It's great to have you on the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. What did you most think about today? It's not anything super important, but I'm... I'm uh... But it's kind of cool. I'm writing a uh, local energy conception of one very small village here in the mountains. And even though you have never heard about the village, I, I, I really want to make this, this work quite perfect as I, as, I, as I really intend to have a, a really good example of a village in a half forgotten land. That, that has a perfect energy conception and that has actually made a couple of really important steps in terms of energy efficiency and, and energy sustainability. Right, so uh, that probably leads us to actually your job life, because I guess this is what you do in terms of uh, job missions. Can you tell us a bit more about what your mission or different missions consist of? Well, I'm, I'm working with small municipalities across the country. I'm located in, in Vansdorf, Czech Republic. So... Uh, I'm helping particular municipalities to to develop their own strategies to implement energy management schemes uh, to be more energy efficient and at the end of the day to to build their own energy sources. But also I'm consulting across the country. Uh, I, like I'm trying to help the mayors and the local authorities uh, help the correct way how to be uh, as much independent in in terms of energy as as possible in the future. And I mean, the Czech Republic is quite small, but it's also a very centralized country. So how big are the chances for municipalities or villages even to make a difference in the energy system? And if we go even further to create energy communities? That's a great question, actually. And, and uh, for me, the question starts, like, how much do we actually want to be independent? not only in terms of, of the camp, but this is something that, that's been part of the Czech mentality. Like we do not want to depend on anyone in basically anything. The other thing is that the energy sector 
as much as anywhere else in in, in Europe is now being run uh, by the big corporation. And, and Czech Republic has a long-lasting tradition of, of centralized energy. Before uh, communism took part in this country, and, and during the communism, the, the centralization of, of the energy system was finished. And that job, it has to be said, was done very well. Like, we, we have a, a really good grid. We have a, a really good uh, means of production, whether it is nuclear or coal power, power plant. But that has changed. That, that has changed as anything else in the world is, is, is changing. And now the question that we have is, it is no more needed uh, that the, the, the resources are in hands or in ownership of, of the big, of, of, of the nation, whether it's national or international corporations. Now we have a great chance to, to, to take over a part of, of the world where we used to be, I call it, I call it refugees or, or slaves. Like we, we can master some things because the technology allows it. Like anyone can have a small windmill, a small solar power plant, and basically anyone, if you have a stable water supply, you can have a small water turbine. There's plenty of options, biomass, etc. There's no question about switching to renewables, right? We will replace all our coal mining we are 50% dependent on brown coal in the Czech Republic. No question. Maybe the question is when. Now we say 2038. If it's 2042, I don't care. But the very big question is who will be the ownership of, of the renewables? Mm, that, that was something that I was wondering as well, because, I mean, we see many big investors coming into the, the renewables uh, sector and I think far less kind of smaller players. So we can sometimes have the impression that big companies are kind of undermining the, the fair renewables transition. And I, I know that you've been working for the private energy sector for quite some time. And I was wondering other things and kind of methods or approaches that you can take from this experience and that you think would be useful for this more shared and community energy movement that we want to create? Sure, you're right. I've, I spent more than a decade uh, for the leading uh, energy producer and, and, and provider in the Czech Republic, a part of, of, of the broader management. So I, I, I do know well the long-term strategy, which is happening. So this corporation that in the moment runs small, most of the coal mines and, and, and uh, most of the, whether nuclear or, or coal power plants, they have the, the strategy perfectly replace the current installed capacity in coal. They know that as soon as they will switch off the, the coal power plants, the same time they will they will switch on the, the renewables. So they will do it. They, they, if, if we do nothing, they, they will just do it. But it doesn't have to be like we have a new legislation that uh, is being applied this year. Let's push the pause button just for a second here. Michal talks about the fact that the Czech Republic still has no full legal framework for energy community in place. Until now, Czech households are only allowed to do collective self-consumption if they live in the same building. If households want to share electricity, let's say from a roof PV system, they need to introduce a main consumption point. This will then be the connection between the PV installation and the building. And from there, the produced electricity is dispatched to each participating household, and this happens with a defined distribution key. 
That obviously then reduces the household's energy bill. And if there is any excess electricity from the building, it can be sold to the grid through this consumption point. So this is the current status, but as Michal says, things are moving and energy sharing across buildings will finally become reality in Czech Republic as of this year, when a new law enters into force. Also, another good thing is that the municipalities that I, that I work with are actually not poor in the country. The major part of, of municipalities relatively or considerably good income and they also have means to build their own or, or at least to participate not not necessarily own 100 but participate on, on their sources so so there is a way and it is a way of keeping money in in the region if you do a national survey and if you ask just this simple question do you want your money to stay in the in the locality everybody like most of the people will, will, will say yes But then the question is, are you doing something uh, for that? And are you doing something for that in the energy sector, which is among the richest sectors in, in, in our life? The, the, the obvious answer is no. Why not? Because we don't have the information yet. yet. The technology is here, is what I say. The money is here. The level of knowledge and the, the, the informational spread is, is, is not yet uh, processed as much as, as would be needed for, for the real change. Again, back to the, the origin question, one of my real missions is to spread the, the, the information. I started uh, speaking about the particular projects because I find it very important that I'm not only speaking about uh, what should be done, what, what the theory says. I wouldn't have to do this. If I chose to, I would be only a speaker or, or, or coach in, in energy. But I really choose to, to, to work on the real projects for, for real small villages. To, to, to have the real touch and to, to transfer the, the, the practical knowledge uh, to, to, to the country. So the change you're, is possible. And you're even working in areas that are far from being renewable because I think you're living and working in a town that is located in a coal mining region, right? Um, this is really a very specific economic, cultural, social context. What can we take from this very entrenched coal culture to build a new spirit and to shift to, to shared renewable energy? You know, I spent part of my life in, 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 in big cities and in, in Amsterdam, Prague, London. So if, if you take it from the perspective of, of people living in those big centers of, uh, of Europe, like you see it as a, as a region of high unemployment rates, maybe lower, lower income, social problems. But on the other hand, uh, the people living in those regions, especially the coal mining position, that they are much better paid than, than the rest of the, the jobs. It, it is a stable job, meaning like once you get it, uh, as long as the coal mine is there, if you do not want, if you do not do anything super wrong, you, you will keep this job. In terms of municipalities, if your village or if your town is located in a coal mining area, it means compensation money for you. So uh, by the law, the, the state is supposed to, to compensate. And it, the richest villages in the country are actually coal mining villages. So if you have a coal mine in a, in a waste, uh, waste disposal, then you can be really rich. But if you say that uh, at the very beginning, you said the Czech people rather have this mentality of wanting to not depend on anybody or anything. So I guess those compensations are probably not really very much in line with this. In terms of uh, those coal mining region, if you put the question and say, originally everybody would, would say, yes, we want to be independent. 
And but then if you okay. go deep and say, but do you actually realize that you are mostly dependent on, on those state subsidies? Uh, are you willing to do something about it? <laughs> no, mm -hmm. no, no, no. It's maybe more about feeling safe than the laziness. Like what do we take of these people? Like talking about renewables, green deals and, and stuff like that is we take their safety. We are stealing their safety. And that's why in the coal mining regions, they do not perceive this, this change well. Now, if, if you ask me, even though I'm coming from the, from the coal mining region, even though if I'm working with, with villages and towns here, I really expect the change to happen faster in the non-coal mining regions that, where, where the people are more prone to this entrepreneurial mindset and, and more able to, to take care of, of themselves. Is that a matter of generation as well and the need for the next generation to come in, maybe also the next generation of policymakers, local policymakers, to be more open to this new way of producing energy? I believe so. As the young generation speaks language, that young generation nowadays means people in their 40s, 50s, right? Uh, so this younger generation is able to speak and read in English, so they are not dependent on uh, translated sources in, in national languages. Those people travel the world. Like nowadays, is is very common to visit uh, international conferences, international idea exchanges. Like we, there's so many options to travel. As a mayor, as a mayor of small town nowadays, you you, you have so many options to join excursions to wherever you wish to France, Germany, Austria to see the, 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 the projects that are really inspirational. If we come back to the coal mining regions, the reality is most of the time the villages are run by like overaged men, like it or not, it's men, it's not gender equal situation. Men in their 60s, sometimes even early 70s. And those men often very much respect them because they did a tremendous job keeping the, the locality safe all the time. And they have very strong positions in, in their communities. But knowing that I've been doing something well for 50 years makes me believe I will do it <laughs> forever. <laughs> and, and, and like, who are you to tell me that, that, that something is changing? I, I've been here sure. for so long. So as you say, I'm really afraid that generational change will be needed here because you don't move these people very often. And if if we move uh, away from those coal regions and rather towards the local authorities that you were mentioning, which are probably richer and maybe also more open to change. So you're meeting with mayors at a regular basis. When I imagine your job, I guess it's very satisfying to be oneself driver of change at the local level, trying to convince those local decision makers. But how often do you really see change happen? I do. I do. First of all, if I compare it with the more than a decade working for the corporation, I really felt burned out. The change is actually happening. And sometimes I, I use the unicorn expression like it, when we started talking about energy communities and renewable energy, we had great expectations. We thought 2025, we, we will replace all the coal mining with, with solar power plant on, on our roofs. Then we started calculating it and, and said, this is absolutely impossible. This is crazy. So much more analysis is, is needed, much more thinking about combination of, of various resources, about uh, smart uh, usage, about smart metering. All of those strategies 
need to be developed and there are. So we are writing uh, a energy conception of small village. It's not that much, but we have few thousands of, of them. And, and if, if we meet in half and in a year, if we meet in six months, I, I, I will have a couple more. So for each of those, I'm, I'm happy that the villages are starting uh, to, to implement energy management. So it, it sounds silly. They did not know anything about their energy consumption. If you ask a, a random mayor in, in this country how much you pay per, per annum in energy, he doesn't know. He will have to, to look to, to call the accountant to look into the bills. If you ask uh, in terms of months, how, how much do you pay monthly? Like, does it make sense for you to, to, to build rather a, a, a summer dependent uh, energy sources like photovoltaics or rather winter dependent uh, such as windmill? Nobody knows. We don't have the data. And okay. we started collecting the data. We started doing the, the small steps. Yes, we are still depending on the brown coal. I'm really happy for each of the steps. I'm, I'm really happy for each of the villages. So when I switched my mind from expecting the, the big goal to, to, to happen immediately, uh, and I started being happy for these small steps, I, I really feel satisfied. I, I really feel like we are doing a, a good job here. That's really great to hear. And in addition to this consulting job, you're also co-founder of the very first Czech Union of Energy Communities. Where does energy community stand in Czech Republic? So it's not me personally who's the co-founder, but the, the, the organization that, that I represent is the Association of, uh, of Small uh, Municipalities, which is one of the four founding... I was there personally, but it's, it's not my achievement, it's the organizational achievement. It's uh, among the four founders of the Union of, uh, of Community Energy. This is, um, by the way, one of the big steps that, that, that I'm happy for that, that, that we accomplished. It is a transparent lobbying organization. Uh, from the corporation, I, I, I knew well how much the, the clear, perfectly transparent lobbying takes place in, in all bureaucratic and, 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 and political uh, decision-making processes. I, uh, being an employee of the big corporation, took part in very important uh, decision-making processes. That time, nobody, literally nobody representing the other side was there. Uh, so this is the first time we have a strong and nationally acknowledged organization that actually made it to be able to comment any law that, 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 that's uh, being processed by the parliament, any, any directive that's uh, being uh, gotten through the energy regulation, regulatory office. We might not have that power to check, but at least we, we have the voice, like we, we are being heard. Often it, it happens that we are voted out, but we are already there and, and, and the opinion is, is heard. And, and for the bureaucrats, they didn't do a, a bad job in, in, in listening to the, to the specialist because the people sitting there on, on, on site of corporations, they are really well educated and, and they, they are right. But mm. their per it, it is just their perspective. You can mm. be right and you, you can have another opinion. So for the bureaucrats and, and for the people who are actually responsible for laws, it is really enriching to have a relevant partner uh, on, on the other side. And this uh, Union of Community Energy has, has uh, acquired such, such a role. I think it's amazing that you've managed to, to set this up. So congratulations already just for creating this organization. And let's hope that it's uh, going to stay in an impactful uh, organization in the Czech um, policy field. Um, is there a final thought that you would want to leave to our listeners, Michal? 
I think we would have, we all would learn to be happy. It, it took me a long time to process to be happy for those little steps. Put your hand to your heart if, if you are not sometimes frustrated from the change that is happening maybe slowly. But really, I encourage, and encourage everybody. It has helped me personally uh, very, very much to, to, to look at the small goals and, and, and the small processes that are actually happening. And we all will be more satisfied, motivated to do our jobs and the change will actually happen. Thank you so much, Michal, for taking the time and, well, even more for being such a great voice for, for, for local democratic energy, um, not only in Czech Republic, but um, now also at least through this podcast elsewhere in Europe. We hope that your energy communities union will yeah, have impact really um, in the country and hopefully will inspire some others in, in other Central and Eastern European countries. Um, and you will please keep up the, the very persuasive work that you do with mayors. We need their commitment in the first place to make things happen uh, at local level. So thanks for all this. Um, Thank you for, for having me here. It was a big honor and pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. This episode was produced with support from Scale 203050. Scale is an EU project which makes collaboration happen to get many more energy communities up and running. The people behind Scale 203050 work on a methodology and toolkit for citizens, cities and policymakers. If you too want to see more local energy communities across Europe, check out the toolkit and explore all of the project's resources at the website scale202050.eu, scale with two C like in communities, s-c-c-a-l-e-202050.eu. And scale is actually funded by the EU's Horizon 2020 program. Thanks for tuning in.